welcome. Come in. I'm Tammy Grimes. Fedor Dostoevsky's book, Crime and Punishment, is one of the greatest novels of all time. If Crime and Punishment were merely the story of a murder, it would long ago have been forgotten. What makes it unforgettable is the struggle of a young man to find his way out of the dilemma of life. That is why today's three acts are extraordinary, and why Mystery Theatre is proud to present a few scenes from this fascinating Russian novel. You used to go out and teach children, Raskolnikov. Now you just lie about. I can't go out and give lessons without boots. Look at my clothes. They're so worn out, they're rags. I can't stand teaching anyway. They pay so little for lessons. Oh, you want a fortune all at once. Yes. And I shall have it. You talk as though you would do anything to get it. I might. <laughs> drama Scene from the Murder, derived from Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment, was adapted for the Mystery Theatre by G. Frederick Lewis and stars Russell Horton. I shall return shortly. Exceptionally dark eyes and dark brown hair. His name is Raskolnikov. He has embarked upon a visit, the purpose of which is known only to himself. Aside from the furtive way he goes to a lodging house and the ragged clothes he wears, he has a disconcerting habit of talking to himself. He begins to walk up the four flights of steps. If I am this frightened now, when all I'm doing is going to her room and looking around to make sure of everything I have to remember, if I decide to go ahead and do it, how will I feel on that day? Shall I ring the bell or knock? I'll, I'll, I'll ring the bell first. Or perhaps she's out. No. No, she never goes out. Why doesn't she answer? Alyona Ivanovna. Who is it? Roskolnikov, the student. I, I, I came here a month ago. What do you want? I have something to pawn. Just one moment. I don't know you. Were you recommended? Roskolnikov... Uh, don't you remember me? Raskolnikov. Ah, yes, I do now quite well. And here I am again on the same errand. Good enough. Step in, my good sir. Now, what is it you want? I, I, I brought something to pawn. It's, um, it's a silver watch. A little old-fashioned, I'm afraid. It was my father's. Um, here. Uh-huh. <laughs> the chain is not silver. It's not? Certainly not. It's steel. I can't give you anything for it. Nothing? Not a ruble? No. Besides, the time is up on your last pledge. The ring. The month was up the day before yesterday. I know. I know. But if you could just wait a little, I'll bring you the interest for another month. Sir, your month is up. I don't have to wait. I can do as I please. I could sell that ring to the next customer who walks in the door. You wouldn't do that, would you? I might. 
How much will you give me for this one? My good sir, you come with such trifles. I would sooner give you a loan of 5,000 rubles than one. If I had 5,000, I wouldn't be here. No, no, no. This watch is hardly worth anything. I gave you two rubles last time for the ring, and one could buy it quite new at the jeweler's for a ruble and a half. The watch is worth four rubles. I'm going to redeem it anyway in less than a month. I, I shall be getting some money soon. Well, the best I can do is a ruble and a half for the watch and interest in advance. A ruble and a half? It's up to you, sir. All right. A ruble and a half. Wait here. She takes a ring of keys from her pocket And now she's gone behind the curtain into the other room I can hear her unlocking a chest of drawers Or I must remember that She carries her keys in the right-hand pocket A whole bunch on a steel ring There's one key three times larger than the others It must fit a strong box Probably under her bed It's all so big Creating what I am thinking. Here, sir. As we say, the interest is ten kopecks a month for each ruble. So I must take fifteen kopecks from a ruble and a half for a month in advance. And for the two rubles I lent you before, you owe me now twenty kopecks. That's thirty-five altogether. So the balance is a ruble and 15 kopecks for the watch. Here it is. A ruble and 15 kopecks for a silver watch. This is highway robbery. Do you wish to change your mind? I'll give you back the watch. No, no. No, I'm satisfied. I may be bringing you something else in a day or two, Ilyona Ivanovna. Uh, a valuable thing, a silver, a cigarette box, uh, as soon as I can get it back from a friend. Well, talk about it then, sir. Are you always at home this late? Alone? I, I heard you had a sister who lives with you. What business is that of yours? Uh, nothing in particular. I simply asked. How loathsome it all is. Trafficking with this horrible old miser who takes advantage of other people's poverty. Spiteful she is, too. One day late, your pledge could be sold. Still, how can I go through with this? What made me think I could do such a loathsome thing? Get up, Miss Gorzikoff. It's past nine o'clock. I brought you some tea. Wake up. I I'm awake. You must be Starving to death? I brought you some cabbage soup as well. Soup? Oh, a present from Madame Praskovna, my dear landlady? Not from her. From me. Oh, what a mess in here. This room needs a good cleaning, but Praskovna has told me I am not to do anything here until you pay what you owe. She is going to complain to the police? To the police? For my rent? I'm getting money from home any day now. You're supposed to be so clever. Why do you lie here like a sack and have nothing to show for it? When you first took rooms here, you used to go out and teach children. Now you lie around and do nothing. One can't go out and give lessons without boots. Look at my clothes. Worn to rags. 
I can't stand teaching anyway. Don't quarrel with your bread and butter. They pay so little for lessons. What's the use of a few kopecks? Oh, you want a fortune all at once? Yes. Yes, I want a fortune all at once. And I shall have it. You're very frightening with that tone of voice. Oh, oh, I forgot. A letter came for you yesterday. A letter? Where is it? Right here in my pocket. Uh, give it to me and, and leave, please. My dear Rosia, it is two months since I had a talk with you by letter which has distressed me and kept me awake at night thinking. You know how I love you. You are all we have to look to, your sister Dwana and I. You are our only hope. We know you will become a great writer or teacher. It was grief to me when I heard you had given up the university some months ago for one of means to keep, keep yourself and, and that you had you lost your lessons. How can I help you out of my 120 rubles a year pension? Think, my boy. The 15 rubles I sent you four months ago, I borrowed on security of my pension from Vasily Ivanovich, a kind-hearted man who was a friend of your father's. Stop! 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 <laughs> I can't read anymore. Mother, I can't borrow from you anymore. Not one copper, not one kopeck. I shall get it. Lots of it. By other means. <laughs> fourth floor. The old Hapialione is on the fourth floor. The I have it. If she cries out, will anyone below hear something? No. Probably not. This is her door. Yes? Good evening, Alyona Ivanovna. May I come in? I... I have something for you. I don't remember you. I'm I'm back with a uh, cigarette case, as I said I would be. I don't usually receive clients so late, unless I have made the arrangement myself. It's after seven. All right, I'll uh, I'll take this valuable cigarette case somewhere else then. No, 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 no. Now that you're here, you might as well stay. As I said, I've come. I've brought it. Uh. uh Perhaps we'd better get uh, further into the room, closer to the light. I don't think I know you. Do I? Of course you know me. Um, do you want to look at the cigarette case or don't you? If you don't, I'll go somewhere else. I'm in a hurry. Uh, yes, yes, I'll look at it. G give it here. My uh, friend who borrowed it wrapped it up with so much paper and string. I, I came here directly. I didn't bother to untie it. Oh, such a lot of string around it. It doesn't seem to have the weight of silver. Your friend, why did she tie it up like this? Where are you going? But why do you keep moving behind me? Nothing, uh, nothing at all. It's it's so warm in here. I'm just hmm? loosening my coat. I cannot get this untied. Where are you? 
Would you please stop going behind me? Your blood. There's so much. I mustn't look. Quickly. The keys. The right hand pocket. I can't keep my hands from trembling. I must quiet myself. They're not there. Try the other pocket. They must be in the other pocket. Ah, now, go into the other room. Her bedroom. The chest of drawers. There it is. The top drawer first. Try the keys. One at a time. What's that? That noise. A sigh. She's not dead. I have to go back and finish her off. The axe. Where did I put it? Where is it? Uh, I don't know. She looks quite dead. I'd better do what doctors do. Bend over her and listen if I can hear a heartbeat. She is. She's alive. No. 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 Without me. What am I saying? It's not her heart that's beating. It's mine. It's my heart. My heart. No time to waste. Go back to the bedroom. Oh, no. She wouldn't be keeping money or valuables in a chest of drawers. There's a big key. A strong box catch key. Probably under her bed. I was right. A big box. Covered in red leather and nail Now, take the big, notched key. Ah. How much this on top? A red brocade coat? My hands are all... all covered with... If I wipe them on this red coat, nothing will show... Uh, I'm going out of my senses. Uh, uh, good, good, good. A gold watch. Gold chains. Good. What's this? Bracelets. One, two, three. Dozens. These packages are full of things pawned in the micro pocket they go. One after the other. Uh, oh, my Lord in heaven, sister, who killed you? Someone has come in. Uh, to take... Them also. Interrupted in one grisly death, Raskolnikov is about to kill again. As Dostoevsky portrays this unfortunate student, he has a split personality, morose, gloomy and proud on the one hand, yet kind and noble on the other. At this point, we see Raskolnikov, axe in hand, convincing himself there is nothing he cannot accomplish, even another murder. I shall return shortly with Act Two. Pawnbroker. In seconds, she lies dead on the floor. The student closes the door and hooks the chain over it so it cannot be opened from outside and then stands behind the door, terrified. And none too soon for a large man arrives on the fourth floor and sounds the bell. Hey! Aljami Ivanovna, open the door! Oh, what's the trouble? 
Hey, hello, coach. Hello yourself. Lisa Betty Ivanovna! Hey, my beauty, open the door. No one answers? Oh, don't tell me there's nobody at home. Who the devil knows? Well, try the doorknob again, will you, coach? I've almost broken it off. Who are you? How is it you know me? Fyodor Pestrakov. I'm a student. I beat you three times running at billiards at Gambrinus. Oh, yes. I remember. Huh. Oh, they're not at home, huh? Oh, that's queer and stupid. Where could that old woman have gone? I was hoping to pawn something to get some money. What I don't understand is why did Alonia tell me to be here at eight sharp? The old witch fixed the time self. Now, what the devil could she have gotten to? Well, I, I can't understand it either. I thought she never went out. She doesn't. Her sister runs all the errands. Aoyama sits here from year's end to year's end. The old hag can hardly walk from room to room. Yeah, well, try the door again, huh? Oh, I give up. There's nothing to be done. We might as well go. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait just a minute. Did you see how the door shakes when you pull it, huh? So? Well, that shows it's not locked, but fastened with a hook in the chain from the inside. What does that mean? Don't you see? That means that one of them must be inside at home. If they were both out, they would have locked the door from the outside with a key, not with a, a hook and a chain from the inside. That means they're in there, but they don't want to open the door. Oh, by heaven, you're right. What are they doing in there? She told me, eight o'clock sharp, definitely. Uh, there must be something wrong. You, you, you've been calling out, huh? Uh... Listen, I'll tell you what. Let's go fetch the porter. Let him wake the two of them up. I'm a student of law. There is a matter of evidence. You are absolutely right. We should. If there's something wrong, let the porter find out. They've gone. They must get away. Shane! Third floor. How long is it going to take them to find the porter? Out the door, through the courtyard, into the street. Oh, no one saw me. Right this minute, those two men and the porter are surprised to find the fourth floor door open. Now, they're looking at the bodies. No, I'd better not walk too fast. I'll attract attention. The axe. I have to throw it away. Get rid of it somehow. Over there, in the canal bank. Oh, too many people. I'll have to take the axe back to my room. Wash off the blood. Clean it thoroughly. Perhaps hide it somewhere tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, if I can only get through today. Just a moment, Nastasia. I'll, I'll open. Oh, I, I didn't realize there was someone with you. Look at you. What's the matter with you lying in bed fully dressed? This gentleman has a paper for you. A summons to the police office. You know where it is? I'm to go to the police? What, what for? How do I know? You're sent for, so you go. 
Open it and read it, then you'll find out. Yes, I will, yes. You are downright ill. You look more like a ghost than you ever did. I'm going to bring you some tea. I've done my duty. Uh, goodbye. I know the way out. It says here I'm to report at 9.30 in the morning. Uh, what time is it? 11. I'd better hurry. If I didn't know you had a fever, I'd say you were dead drunk. You had better stay in bed. I have some tea made. I'll bring it to you. I am going to the police station now. You will never be able even to get downstairs in your condition. I'm going anywhere. I, I want to get it over with. What over with? You don't even know why they sent for you. I know. Oh, I know. It's as if I'm being pulled by string, like a puppet. I'm now walking to the police. How did they find out so quickly? Are there blood stains on my clothes? I didn't even look to see. Uh, uh, I'm going to confess anyway. It doesn't matter. Do I have the stolen things still in my pockets? No. No, I remember now hiding everything in a hole in the wall behind my bed. Suppose Nastasia goes to make my bed and finds them. Oh, but of course, they know already. It's cat and mouse. They want me out of my room so they can search. Well, I don't care. I'll confess anything to get this all over with. What is this? Uh, I received this notice to appear at the police. It says 9.30. It is now noon. I only just received it. You're a student? Yes. Uh, uh, formerly a student. Next desk, the captain. Hmm. Uh, excuse me, uh, are you the captain? Uh, am I at the right desk? What do you want? Um, my name is Raskolnikov. I, I was summoned here by a notice. For the recovery of money due. Please. Yes. Well, what is this again? Read it, read it. I, I, I can see the words, but I, I, I don't understand. You are the student or the ex-student Raskolnikov. This writ is for the recovery of money, an IOU for 115 rubles, legally attested. The utter relief. I was here because of that old shrew Madame Praskovna, the landlady, for the rent money I owed her. Nastasia had warned me. I feel like singing. But I also feel as if I'm going to faint. Are you listening, Raskolnikov? Do you hear me? Uh, yes, Captain. You must either pay this IOU with all expenses, costs, and so on, or give a written declaration when you can pay it. Excuse me, uh, Captain. I am at present a poor student. Sick and shattered by poverty. I have no money, but I have a mother and a sister who will send it to me, and, and they will pay what I owe. I have been living in this woman's house for three years. Now, in the beginning, I foolishly promised to marry her daughter. Indeed, I liked her, though I was not in love with her. So, in those days, Madame Praskovna gave me credit freely. All uh, those uh, affecting details are no business of ours. Your love affairs and tragic events, we have nothing to do with that. Here is a form declaration. It says you cannot pay, that you undertake to do so at a future date, and that you won't leave Moscow nor sell your property, and so forth and so forth. Sign here. Yes, yes. What? Sign, sign what? Yes. Uh... What is the matter with you? How are you going to sign your name when you can hardly hold the pen? Are you ill? Yes, I, I feel giddy. Um, 
Give me a minute to collect myself. Will you do that? I feel as if a nail is being driven into my skull. Why don't I tell the captain everything that happened yesterday and then go with her to my lodgings and show her what I stole? My sight is clear again. The captain has turned away and is talking to the clerk. What is she saying? I tell you, they'll both be released. Coach the businessman and the stock of the student. But again, with the whole story contradicts itself. But how do you explain, Captain? They knocked on the door. The door was locked. Three minutes later, when they went with the porter, the door was unlocked. The murderer was in there the whole time. When they went downstairs, he escaped. When I saw Koch, he kept crossing himself and saying, if I had stayed there, the murderer would have jumped out and killed me with his axe. And no one saw the murderer? They didn't have to. It's only a matter of time. They generally give themselves away. Young man. Belnikov. Uh, are you all right now? Uh, what happened? You fainted. You fell off the chair. Uh, are you ill? Uh, uh, excuse me, Captain. There. I've signed the form. May I go now? Do you think you can manage to walk out? Yes, I do. I will pay as soon as I can. Uh... My landlady, I mean. Very well, then. We will not detain you. They suspect me. Oh, yes. That's quite certain. I saw the way the captain looked at the clerk. Why didn't I confess then and there? There will be a search. I must get rid of everything. What did I do with the axe? Oh, yes. I wiped it clean and hid it under a pile of wood in the kitchen. Oh, I am walking too quickly again. It tires me. It's still daylight and I'm as tired as if it were the middle of the night. I'm overtaken with... With... Oh, I can hardly drag myself up the stairs to my own room. I shall... I shall lie down and go to sleep, and everything will be forgotten. Yes, sleep. No! No! Don't do it! Captain! Stop! You're killing her! Stop it! Come here, Carlton! police beating Madame the landlady. Madame uh, Praskovna? Who did such a thing? But just now, h- half an hour ago, I could hear them. The police, I recognized the captain's voice. She was beating the Madame. Why was she doing that? You were having a nightmare. Uh, You've eaten uh, nothing since yesterday. You were walking about all day shaking with fever. You didn't hear the Madame groaning and, and weeping? Nastasia, you didn't hear that?
Nastasia, if I believe things that didn't happen, am I getting weak in the head? Believe me, it was a bad dream you had. That's all. A very bad dream. What Dostoevsky set out to do in his account of the crime and the punishment of the student Raskolnikov, he described to his publisher as a psychological account of a young man submitting to strange and incomplete ideas. That the young man would die a thousand self-inflicted deaths. That the legal punishment inflicted for a crime intimidates a criminal far less than lawmakers think, because he himself morally demands it. I shall return shortly with Act Three. As though driven by the Furies, the student Raskolnikov is haunted day and night by his crime. He stuffs his pockets with all the pawned gold and jewelry to hide somewhere. Not for the future, but to be completely rid of, as if to wash the blood from his hands. But wherever he goes, the canal, the river Neva, he believes people are watching him. At last, at the end of a deserted alley, he pries up a heavy stone. And under it, there is unforgiving memories. It's done. It's done. No one will even think to look there. That stone's been lying there since the houses were built a hundred years ago. It's all over. But I don't understand myself. To have done this filthy, degrading act and to throw away what I might have sold to you. I shall get well now. No more worry. But what if I never get well again? Oh, Lord, how sick I am of everything. Now, footsteps behind me. Am I being followed? I'll walk into this doorway as if I'm looking for a name on a mailbox. That person in the uniform who walked by. A woman. Who is it? Of course. The captain of the police. She's following me. Am I suspected? Or is it a coincidence? I can't trust myself anymore. You are Serbs, Nikolai. Uh, yes, Captain. Yes. You are a house painter by profession? Uh, yes, Captain, for 30 years. I show you these earrings. Your deposition claims you found them in the street shortly after 8 o'clock on the night of the 12th. Uh, that is true, Captain. You had finished painting for the day in the house where Alyona Ivanovna and her sister were murdered. Uh, so I have been told, Captain. Were you or were you not painting a room on a floor below that occupied by the murdered ladies? Uh, two floors below, yes, Captain. But I didn't know anything about it. I left before everything started happening. Uh, I was told... So, on your way down the street, you picked up from the street these gold earrings which have been identified as property pawned with Alyona Ivanovna, and you sold the earrings at the tavern for vodka. Uh, yes, Captain. 
You knew the earrings did not belong to you. Yes. Nevertheless, you sold them. Well, I, I assumed that somebody had dropped them, and if I found them, they became mine. When we searched your house, we found also a gold watch. Do you own a gold watch? Uh, no, 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 Captain. I found that watch also a little further down that same street. Shortly after eight o'clock on the night of the pawnbroker and her sister were killed. Uh... I suppose so. What's that? I, I, I said I suppose so. Nikolai, do you know this constitutes circumstantial evidence against you? I, I didn't know it was against the law to keep things one found in the street. It is against the law to kill two women using an axe, which we have not yet found, but we will. The evidence is overwhelmingly in your disfavor, Serge Nikolai. You'll be returned to your cell and held on suspicion of murder. A day and a night pass, and I cannot go back to my lodging. I cannot rest. I cannot sleep. I walk. I walk. I am so tired. But how can I lie down in the streets? What is most shameful to me is being stupid. I was a person of learning, of culture, a teacher. I taught others what has happened to me. It's all wrong, and I don't even care about it. What idiotic ideas come into one's head? Where am I? Where have I walked? Oh, to her house. The pawnbroker's. I'm walking up these same steps to her apartment. I can't seem to stop myself. The door. It's open. It's wide open. Someone's working in there. What do you want? I I'm only looking at what you're doing. I'm putting up wallpaper. Can't you see? What do you want? Who are you? I, uh, I, I want to take a flat. I I I'm looking around. At night? Isn't the time to look at rooms? Oh, I noticed that the floors have been washed. Uh, are they going to be painted? What are you talking about? Why paint floors? To cover the bloodstains. What bloodstains? The old woman and her sister were murdered here, right, right where you're standing with a perfect pool of blood. What is this? Are you from the police? You want to know who I am? Yes. I am Rodion Romanich Raskolnikov, formerly a student, formerly a teacher. I live at Madame Praskovna's, not far from here, flat number 14. Sir, if I were you, I'd go straight to the police station. That's what I would do. Oh, mother, what are you doing here in my room? Rodia. Oh, Rodia. We were so worried hearing nothing from you. I sat up all night on the train. Where have you been? Nobody in the house here seems to know where you are, what you do, where you go. I was on my way to the police station, Mother, but I, I got so tired I couldn't take another step, so I, I came back to my room to lie down. You don't look well, Rodia, not at all. Oh, why didn't I come sooner? I wanted to, but I didn't have the money. Sit down, dear boy, you must be tired. I've been waiting right here since six this morning. And sit 
sitting up all night, I would do it again. You're the one who should lie down. Oh, dear, you look so tired. And your poor clothes so torn and dirty. Mother, please, listen to me. Whatever happens, whatever you hear about me, whatever you are told about me, will you always love me as you do now? Oh, dear, my little boy, what is the matter? How can you ask me such a question? Who will tell me anything about you? I want you to know that I have always loved you, Mother. You must believe that your son loves you now more than himself. And that all you thought about me, that, that I was unfeeling and cruel, that I didn't care about you, was all a mistake. What are you saying, child? I wanted to do big things. And suddenly it came down to mere existence. There was no food except what good Natasha brought me. My clothes. Who would hire a tutor looking like this? Shirt, jacket, torn. My life became torn also. Just as disreputable as the way I look. I don't know what is wrong with you, Rodia. Not hearing one word from you in months. Months. Oh, I can see there is a great sorrow in store for you. And that is why you are so miserable. I've given up, Mother. I've been running, running away, but it's from myself. And I can't run from myself any longer. I must go. Goodbye, Mother. Where are you going? Can't you tell me? Someone will come here to tell you. I, I, I promise you, I, I will have them send someone. Who? I can't say. I, I must go now. And I can't come with you? No, you cannot. But kneel down. And pray to God for me. Your prayers perhaps will reach him. I kneel before you, Mother. Rodia, my darling, my firstborn. Now you are just as you were when you were little. You would run like this to me and hug me and kiss me. When your father was living and we were poor, did you know how you comforted us? Oh, yes, you did, little Rodia, by simply being with us. And when I buried your father, how often you and I wept together at his grave and embraced as we do now. Forgive me. If I'd been crying lately, I cried because I had a foreboding of trouble. Don't be angry, Rodia. I don't dare question you. I know I mustn't. Only say two words to me. Is it far where you are going? Very far. What awaits you there? Is it a post or career? Only what God sends. Pray for me. Oh, so it is punishment that awaits you. Yes. I don't believe for one instant you could have done anything wrong. It's surely all a mistake, but you feel you must pay for it. Is that it? Who can say? Perhaps I committed a crime. That I would never believe. You are not capable of anything evil. How could you ever commit a crime? Crime? What crime? 
that I killed a vile, noxious insect. An old pawnbroker of used to know I'm killing her was an atonement for 40 sins. She was sucking the life out of the poor. Did I do it simply to obtain money so I could be of use? To live, to write, to teach, to be an example to others? I've forgotten. I wanted to do good. To make up for that one piece of stupidity. Everything is stupid when it fails. It was to be the first step. But I couldn't carry it through. One has to have the heart of a murderer. I haven't. Yes, young man. It's very late. Have I seen you before in this police station? Raskolnikov. Of course. The IOU. You're the one who was ill and fainted. Yes, I remember. Did you forget something when you were here last? I... I... Are you feeling ill? Oh, please don't faint again. Captain, it was I who killed the old pawnbroker woman and her sister. The book, Crime and Punishment, ends with Raskolnikov exiled to Siberia, starting a new life for himself with a girl called Sonia. But that is the beginning of a new story, Dostoevsky writes. The story of the gradual renewal of a man. Of his passing from one world to another. Of his initiation to a new and unknown life. That might be the subject of another story, Dostoevsky concludes. But our present story is ended. I shall return shortly. These have been scenes from the murder, the heart of Dostoevsky's tremendous novel, Crime and Punishment. What we have omitted is more than we have presented. But I feel the tragedy of conscience, at war with ambition, has never been more clearly told. What is missing from this version is the kaleidoscope of characters and the influences upon Raskolnikov's existence. In fact, the very reality of life that faces us all every day. Our cast included Russell Horton, Carol Titel, Joan Shea, and Earl Hammond.